On this week's episode of the One Star Recruits podcast, we are joined by the number one pick in the 1993 draft, a Super Bowl champion, and a winery owner in a really pretty nice facility in Walla Walla, Washington. It sounds so nice they named it twice. Rip, we've got some some good topics. This is a I'm excited about this pod. I mean, I learned a lot about wine, so that in general uh, was really good uh, value add. But we got uh, Kyler Murray. We talk about we got we're gonna give out Easter Bunny grades. We got to crown the one star bracket champion, the champion of the one star uh, bracket, which was exciting. And uh, it's a hot Easter spring episode, getting you ready for getting you ready to pop some rosé in the park or at a mountain or I don't know, rip the, the Long Beach Aquarium. It's going to be a good one. Let's get it. Let's go. This is Drew Bledsoe, the one star recruits podcast. Hope you all have a great day. Hi, this is Jake Plummer, and you're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. You know, I say a lot of times I'm not a scientist, you know, and I see things coming, and then you're like, what do you do? He needs a challenge, and now he wants to, he usually wins with, like, first and second stringers. He probably wants to win with, like, third and fourth stringers. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Eddie George on One Star Recruits Podcast. These guys do it the best. Love you guys. This is Spencer Torkelson. You're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. Hey everybody, this was Dickie B on the One Star Recruits Podcast, and they've been awesome, baby. Yo, welcome back to another episode of the One Star Recruits Podcast. I'm opening up a LaCroix. Rip, do you know that the top of a LaCroix, when you open the top up, um, that if you, you know, you're supposed to twist it all the way forward and it works perfectly for holding a straw. I learned that from you. These fun facts you're coming strong with the last couple of weeks. Well, I'm full of facts, man, and I've been drinking this Lacroix lately. They'd be a great sponsor, Rip, if you're interested in chasing chasing them down. Uh, they went through a bad little PR phase, I think, but uh, they have a lot of competition now. I think uh, my uncle and your uncle have a seltzer line. Everyone's got one these days. Oh, everybody's got a seltzer line. I tried a new one. Uh, my sister introduced me to the Budweiser 80 calorie. No shit, I'm gonna get it wrong. I'll come back in the second half of the podcast. You know what's crazy is I'm I'm not a seltzer fan at all, and I've tried like ten different ones, and I do not like any of them just because I don't mm. like seltzer. So it's like you're it's like black licorice. You're either all or nothing. Oh, interesting. It's not a mixture. I saw you did a comment where somebody was talking about a um, like maybe it was like a, like a chili mango flavor. And I think you mentioned mix some rum in it, and you can try. You would do it. Oh yeah, that sounds delicious. You actually. love rum anyway. You're rum, a rum runner. Rum goes with sweet drinks like rum and coke, rum and sprite. If you mix yeah, anything I think sweet, you've been into drinking. Rum. I think you maybe introduced me to some to Captain Moe's. Were you drinking Captain Morgan's early in your drinking career? Yeah, I mean early twenties. I was like, but no, it friend. was Malibu that you did the white bottle. Malibu, uh, Cruzon, uh, yeah, Malibu Cruzon. Bay. Yeah, there's so many, so many. Uh, those Caribbean rums are delicious. Those really get you in the vacation mode, though, if you do mix those up properly. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, like even a little bit of sweetened coconut milk. It comes in a can. As I'm an adult, it's kind of lame. But as I become an adult, you keep break that open, and you want a tropical drink. Add a little bit of that. Mix it up with some ice. A little bit of orange juice, a little bit of rum. Yeah, and you usually feel good the next day as opposed to like vodka, which kind oh, of really? has the opposite effect. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it works for me, man. Rum you should is ask a... Drew Bledsoe. He seems to know about all the the alcohol. Well, he's a wine guy. He's, he's got the good wine going up there in Washington. What a fun interview. What, what a cool guy living life after he retired, right? Yeah. It was pretty, I mean, I knew a little bit of the story, but then uh, we it was a Zoom. It was a Zoom hang session, and he was super relaxed. What was awesome for me was that like he uh, claimed to be also over eight on Easter the day before. He needed to hit the Peloton, and so we related immediately. And one of my favorite things about the, these these pods and these episodes is 
there's a five star right there telling me that he ate too many too many robin's eggs and drank too much wine yeah and at the big easter brunch probably had about ten thousand calories and uh he's, he's got to get on the peloton like just like the rest of us shit he's out there in walla walla that place looks nice though i think he lives in bend oregon i'm not sure too sure about the geography it's nice up there though what are like five six hours apart from each other that's just like a, a drive it's 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 apple country if i believe yeah, it's about a five-hour drive from Bend, Oregon to Walla Walla if you hit the uh, 84 East. And, uh, yeah, man, it's... Uh, what airport do you fall, fly into if you go to Gonzaga or you go up to there, Spokane? I know it's not there, but is it all Seattle or bust, SeaTac? No, Spokane definitely has an airport. I don't know if you can get direct from many places. You usually go through Seattle, SeaTac to, to Spokane. Uh, bro, you did it and I did it. I Travel, unfortunately, is back. I think it was spring break. And I, with the vaccine... Uh, taking full effect you did a lax run i did a lax run what a nightmare do you co-sign on on what what the hell happened is did they shut down like one side of the donut it was bad man they basically changed uh lax is one of the notorious airports for just having clusters of traffic people in and out but they changed the inside curb pickup from from just regular cars like you and i being able to go in there and pick up uh whoever we're picking up now the shuttles get that lane, so they fly through, and all the regular cars are stuck on the outside of the curb. It's the kind worst. of fending for yourself, so it's, it causes a bunch I of chaos. I don't think they were prepared there. for spring break. No, I don't think they were prepared for spring break, Easter, and uh, this summer I'm going to try to avoid LAX at all costs. Yeah, man. I did That's a how pick thing. I wonder if the rest of the country is getting a little bit more back like that. That was unexpected. I kind of had to double And you take. were there with 9 at night on a Saturday. Well, right? you know the LAX routine usually. I think the international flights get in. They all get in at the same time. 39, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But just getting over, I got cut off by some. But that was – so they shut down. Okay, so only the rental car vans. Ugh. I mean, I don't have kids. I still am not doing the travel. I'm going to have to travel with my dogs here pretty soon. But um, yeah. I'm not really looking. I'm not looking forward to it. And I guess what? maybe I'll think differently once I get the vaccine. I'm still unvaccinated. Just go places you can go in your car. That's the answer. Avoid airports right now. Are you okay having an unvaccinated Easter Bunny rabbit perform at Easter for you? I just thought of that. You had a mask on and I double an Easter Bunny helmet hat basically i was masked underneath too yeah i mean you you were in that thing for what a half hour and it you was the you... first question by the by a seven-year-old who was who wanted to know the truth the true meaning of my existence in long beach but uh immediately asked where my mask was yeah you, you were dripping sweat and you got your mask but yeah he you did a great job okay 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 so what what do you grade me let's start with the first quarter for the, for the first quarter i got in a quarrel with my wife because i was told to park around the corner, and she proceeded to drive in front of the house, which automatically led to chaos in getting my um, t- little tuxedo top on and my scarf so my skin could not be seen, which now I understand you wanted me to tuck the scarves in the back. Yeah, in I, sh- the I should have been a little more clear on that. I did, yeah. get, I did get a, a I'm not quote. a costumist. I did get a quote later that night from my four-year-old before bed. said, Daddy, the Easter Bunny is a real man because he has hair. So... <laughs> 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 he saw a little well, bit that of that was the other thing too so i thought i'll put the mat i have my goatees going long now quarantine goatee yeah no Dang. You, you were good in that it was it was the back that you could see a little bit of your hair but it didn't ruin it for him you you were still like mythical enough to to not ruin his belief in the easter bunny yeah well you know you got they did a nice note and i think it was really good i got extremely hot and i got a little dizzy and i had to do a sit down so i hope that didn't mess things up <laughs> you, you almost blacked out it, it was like 70 degrees but that costume adds like 25 really degrees. especially yeah goes out to all the mascots of the world it's not it's a uh, you 
you don't even think about how hot it gets, but just like five or six quick movements and you a probably, little heavy breathing and it's over. If you want to, if you want to drop like five pounds, just go in a sauna in that costume. Yeah. <laughs> Half hour and yeah. see if you don't black out. But Dude, I you, treated myself to some Panera mac and cheese at 10, 15 <laughs> in the morning, which caused me huge indigestion and stomach pains <laughs> worth every, worth every calorie burden in my, all right. So, so what do you, I did some great pictures. I did a good sit down. Um, I did a, I did an exit strategy listeners where, uh, rather than just leaving like a normal EB would, a normal Easter Bunny would head out, you know, I tried to look for an exit through the shrubs, possibly, yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that was another thing my four-year-old caught, and he was talking about later that night. That was a, that was a great movie. He said, Daddy, you see how the, the Easter Bunny tried to get out through the bushes? Uh, he said, maybe he thinks that that was his home to go in the bushes rather than just go out the gate on, in our neighborhood. Finish strong, like, you know, like, su- like I don't want to say Suggs anymore because Final Four and did not end the way that it should have as the game against UCLA did. But, um... I finished strong. What is my final grade? Give me a house grade. You already gave a quote. Include your wife. I'm okay. I've been a C student my entire life. I give you a seven point seven five. Oh shit! Out of ten. Yeah, and most of it was most of the the two point two two point two five points that I dock you are just from leaving those holes and in, in the back with the scarves and. But man, your energy was good. You 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 got a two year old to sit on your lap without crying, which was amazing. He uh, wasn't scared yep, of you because yep. he's been. He last time we we're at Disneyland, he was scared of Mickey Mouse. He was scared of all those guys. He wasn't scared of you. Mm. So. I, got a good, I got good energy. Possibly it was. Yeah, that, that was a good uh, Easter Bunny session. I don't think that. Although um, I did get a couple of questions, you could have set me up for success a little bit more. Maybe some tools, maybe a pouch with some special goodies that I had, um, or like some special hiding places of eggs that only I knew about. That's true. That I could show them. I think I was getting shown up by some parents. Yeah, that's true. That's in like, point. oh, they know more than the Easter Bunny. Well, that's because the parent actually hid the eggs. And you right, didn't. right. So I was so not. Yeah, I, did, right. I wasn't. I if wasn't you, looped if you in. Want, if you wanted to come over at six in the morning and hide the, the eggs, talent wasn't the talent wasn't looped in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, Communication. I did see. I mean, I think if you would have pouched me up with, you know, 150, 155 jelly beans. The way I saw your youngest go after the je- jelly beans they after this thing was jelly, over. They didn't need any more jelly beans. That's like the difference between a, a dentist visit and just a teeth brush That's true. Right there. So. You could have sent me out to walk in though here. I could have thrown jelly beans like LeBron in like he does with the with the chalk. <laughs> These are yeah, maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next, next year. year. <laughs> it was a great experience though. Thanks for letting me do it, brother. Yeah, thanks again, it. man. That was awesome. Well, it was um it was dope talking a little bit of quarterback. We talked uh Aaron Rodgers, we talked Kyler Murray, that was cool. I always go the direction. I'm such a Cardinals homer that i always go into the, the direction of talking to these guests and these interviewees um about memories uh, but it was really cool to hear like both of us and notice that you're not seeing a lot of kyler murray because word on the streets is he's lifting uh, he's putting on weight is the word that i'm hearing out of glendale yeah he, he got a couple injuries last year but i mean he, he probably just needs to stop running versus gain more weight you know he, he needs to cut down on the running and uh and, and unnecessary situations to to be more durable i think I mean, you, you got A.J. Green. You got a couple of these vets who know how to get open. I, it's hard for me not to get on a football tangent even when I bring up the – it's one of my um, like one of my weaknesses on the pod that I always take it back to Sun Devil Stadium any way I can. But Drew is a really great, great sport about it. I think we probably hit him with more wine questions than he's got hit with since um, – who was the guy on the Cowboys with the neck brace? Oh, yeah. No, that's what Haley we, hit him with. That, yeah, that's true. That's that's one of the things we try to do on this pod, though, is kind of appeal to everyone because even if you're not a big football or Patriots fan, you listen to this interview, more than half of it's about wine and then what wine you should buy in certain situations. So 
The guy's a pro, man. He's a he's a he was a pro football player. Now he's a pro at the wine game. So great interview. Yeah, and he talked about his getting his team together and doing the second career. We talk about that a lot with these athletes, and I think once again it's going to go back to um, taking bits and pieces from all these podcasts and all these five star interviews that we do and adding what you can to your life. But my takeaway too was you know put together a team and take that action and he's he's doing it check out the website bledsoe family winery it's an amazing website uh, i t- i'm gonna sign up for the wine club and i've heard great things especially about um some of the sparkling wines from this area so enjoy this interview with super bowl champion drew bledsoe <laughs> Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a husband, a father, a winery owner, the number one pick in the 1993 NFL Draft, and a Super Bowl champion, Drew Bledsoe. How you doing today, Drew? I'm great, man. Coming to you uh, from sunny Bend, Oregon today, and uh, mm. you know, having a uh, having a nice little morning. Trying to, uh, I'm actually our uh, our Easter brunch yesterday. We went over my uh, uh, my cousin lives in town, and her husband. He's a dentist, but it turns out he's also just this amazing French chef. So we went over for Easter yesterday, and he gave us just this food and, well, and wine, but just this food and wine beat down. So I'm actually kind of recovering today. I feel like I got a food hangover. <laughs> um, after, after, after we're done with this, I've committed to go get on the Peloton and, uh, and pedal away a few, uh, a few pounds of, uh, like, I don't know, French toast, prime rib, <laughs> deviled eggs. Oh, dude. I mean, I just I feel like a fat pig today. So after we're done here, I'm going to go get a workout in. I love it, man. We're going to we're going to try to work your mind out a little bit. Uh, going <laughs> down memory lane and, and, and get some life tips from you. So uh, right on. Love it. You're, you're only 49, man. But you you've lived a fuller life than, than most 90 year olds, probably. But, from, you know, you grew up in a small town. You won a Super Bowl. Now you're back where it all kind of started in the Pacific Northwest. And you seem to be living the simple life with brunches, being a dad, winery owner. Yeah. Uh, what's better, man, being an NFL quarterback or living up there and running a vineyard? Well, I'll say right now it's 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 better being a winery owner because that's what I'm doing right now. But uh, there is simply nothing that will ever replace the experience of you know being an NFL quarterback. I mean, come on, it was a childhood dream and loved every minute of it and and really soaked it up. And and uh, you know sometimes sometimes now that I've been separated from a little bit, it seems a little bit surreal that I got to live that life for 14 years. It was amazing. Drew, let me let me get in rip real fast because we grew up in Tempe, Arizona. We're big Arizona Cardinal fans. It was always a bad time when you came to town, even before, because most of our little stadium in Tempe at that time was taken over by Patriots fans. So um, I want to, before anything starts, you are early in my memory of of uh, coming to our our neighborhood and kicking our ass over and over again. Do you have any memories of Sun Devil Stadium in particular, or or playing the Cardinals? Yeah, you know, yeah, we had some good games out there. Um... You know, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because we got to go get warm for a change after being stuck right? up there in New England, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had some good games out there against the Cardinals. So we, we, we always, um, you know, unfortunate for, for, for you guys as Cardinal fans, but we always kind of look forward to coming out there. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I know. Yeah, had, some I know. had some good ones. I think Aeneas, Aeneas Williams probably got you a couple of times. We had a couple of those guys on that defense that maybe got you a couple of times. But, yeah, you were, always came to town. A lot of those Cowboys teams came to town. Um, so we set precedent for what hopefully will be success in the future in the Valley of the Sun. There you go. There you go. Yeah. The Cardinals look like they're building something pretty cool, man. And I, I love Kyler, man. It's a, uh, uh, he's so fun to watch and 
obviously so radically different from the way that I played the position of quarterback. <laughs> I'm sort of, it's almost like I'm watching an entirely <laughs> different sport watching that dude play. But, but you know, the big thing with, with Kyler, man, is that the dude can actually throw it, man. He can spin yep. it, you know? And so for a long time, I always kind of just kind of chuckled when people talked about dual threat quarterbacks, because for the longest time, that just meant the dude couldn't throw. Right? <laughs> he's, a, he's a dual threat. Well, he's not really a dual threat. He just runs around. Uh, but with Kyler, man, he can actually spin it, dude. So he actually plays the position of quarterback. Then he has that electrifying speed when he decides to pull it down and go. So, yeah, man, I love his game. You, you guys have got a good setup. He's, he's another one. You see it a lot. I think his dad was one of his coaches growing up. But mm-hmm. you, uh, you kind of had the same path. But speaking of being a dad, I know your daughter recently uh, committed to, I think, Colorado College to play both uh, basketball and lacrosse. And uh, if my math is right, you'll have either three or four kids in college this fall. What's it like to see all that happen over the past five years? I mean, life, we all know life goes by fast, but is there anything that can kind of prepare you for, for almost being an empty nester at this point? Whoa. You know, I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it, it's, it's the very definition of bittersweet, right? You know, you're just you're so happy to watch these kids launch and, and um, you know, become their own people and take off. But, man, it's going to be my wife and I, we're, we're going to be lonely. Uh, so, but I've already, I've already, I've already committed to her though, that when we go drop Healy off at, at college, uh, we're not coming home. We're going to get a, get on a plane and go someplace. Uh, so, cause I know if I bring her home and we just come back to an empty house, um, you know, then she's just going to cry all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of course I won't. I'm tired of these little shits, but, but, uh, but, uh, but, 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 uh, no, nah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. We're excited for them. And it's, uh, it's just kind of cool to see them uh, jump in and start to take control of their own lives. You know, yeah. after uh, after being in our house for a long time, I wanted to ask you too because I know uh, you coached some of uh, either two or three of your sons in high school uh, playing football. But just going back to your days with the Patriots, and I've seen you say in the past that that the thing that kind of stuck out about Tom Brady early was that he was immediately an extremely hard worker, and he also had a great personality. But as a parent and as someone who coached your, your own kids in high school, do you think that that, that work ethic, is that a teachable quality or is that something that people are born with? Mm. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of both, which is a crappy answer, but there are, you know, some kids that just naturally love to just grind um, and, uh, and put that work in. But at the same time, you know, we have seen over the years with some, with kids that have come through at the high school level and even, even younger than that, uh, that it's something that can be learned as well. Um, oftentimes it, uh, it, it, it's can be painful for some kids figuring out that, Oh, you know what? I was, I was a really good, uh, I was a really good athlete in middle school. So, uh, didn't have to try very hard. And then all of a sudden they get to, uh, get to the high school level and discover that everybody's catching up with them and then they mm-hmm. got to grind. So sometimes that can be a painful transition. Um, but you know, the cool thing for me was just watching, uh, so many of these high school kids come through and I was able to share with them, you know, my experience with guys at the NFL level. Um, I think there's a, per- a perception sometimes that, uh, um, you know, these guys are just fun- such phenomenally gifted athletes, uh, that they don't have to, you know, they just show up on Sundays and go. And that's never, ever the case. Every guy mm-hmm. that I played with, Every guy that I played with, regardless of their physical gifts, uh, if they were successful, they were also grinders, man. You know, and you look at it, you know, even a guy like, like I love to talk about Gronkowski, right? Mm-hmm. So Gronkowski has this massive personality where, you know, he's partying, he's on cruises, he's on the beach, and he's, he's just partying <laughs> all the time. But he and Tommy have a competition for who can get into the office earliest. Mm-hmm. Like that dude puts the work in, 
right? He does the work first. Uh, and then he has a lot of fun on the side. But uh, but I think anybody that has a perception that Gronkowski is just a party guy and then shows up and plays ball on Sunday couldn't be more wrong about how he approaches the game. Yeah, it's probably how you approaching the wine game. I want to do some, um, let's call some plays, some life plays for our listeners. Uh, Rip mentioned you have uh, a handful of kids. Um, let's take it back. Let's take it back a couple decades or a decade ago. Toddlers who are picky eaters. What's the Drew Bledsoe play call for parents who have picky <laughs> eaters as toddlers? You know, my mom going way back, uh, she would have, you know, cause I wasn't necessarily very picky, but my friends would come over. She always had the one bite rule. No, you don't have to eat it, but you got to try it first, ah, you know, yeah. which, which can, which can be painful, uh, with our <laughs> kids, with, with, with our kids, uh, with our kids, um, you know, the cool thing was that we would kind of institute that. And then every once in a while, they're like, Oh, you know what? That's actually pretty good. Um, nice. And, uh, so, you know, as long as they would try something. You know, then if they tried it, didn't like it, then, but, you know, everyone's how you get that, uh, that epiphany. You're like, oh, that actually is not that bad. I just had to give it a try. Um, so there you go. One bite rule. I love it. No, one bite rule. That's a great one. Actually. One, 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 right. one, one, one bite rule coming from Barbara Bledsoe, my mom. <laughs> oh, nice, Barb. You're good. I love the shout out. Let's go to, um, okay, okay. I'm going to an event. Um, Spring's here and I got my, my COVID shots. I'm going to an event. I'm not a wine person, and, but I want to bring a bottle of wine. Um, what's the play call? Well, outdoor event in the sunshine. I mean, you probably got to go rosé, right? I mean, mm. it's uh, uh, generally makes everybody happy. But but when you when you go rosé, one bottle never does anything for you. You got to have you got to have like two or three because you get the rosé out and it's nice and cold on a hot day, and everybody Woo. wants to share. Everybody wants to share a little bit. I think, obviously, yeah. we want to go to your brand. But if I had to run into a, tra- a Trader Joe's, am I cool just grabbing the seven ninety nine rosé that I see? Should I look for Should I look for uh, uh, Oregon label? Should I look for anything? For me, just and this is just generalizing, and this is what I like. But you know, if you're just going to go find something, I, I generally gravitate toward more French rosé. It's usually a little drier, um, which is what I like. You know, I don't, I don't want it too sweet. Um, and believe it or not, I can't remember. I'm dropping the ball on the name right now, but um, you know that uh, collaboration that uh, that uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did over yes. in France. Believe it or not, it's actually really good wine. So, you no know, shit. Uh, so yeah, there it is. So, there you go. It's always it's, it's tough because wine's something that we, we I want to kind of as my adulthood grows, get into a little bit more. But it really takes somebody in your network, in your in your cohort, if you will, to kind of lead you in the right direction, because um, I feel like there's starting points. And you're exactly right. Spring, rosé and summer. Uh, bingo. So listeners, give it a go. Let's talk about your wine career and just that changing career aspects. A lot of people, I think, with pandemic um, had the opportunity to reset, you know, have some time to rethink and then attack. And the moment between thinking and attacking sometimes is difficult for people. Let's talk just to listeners, maybe some, some steps that, that, that you followed or some things that you learned from Barbara or some other things in your past where um, to get from uh, I'm going to do this to action and then action. Yeah, you know the the interesting thing with with that is that you know it came out of came out of football and got into business um, and into the wine business specifically. But one thing that I've learned is that the, a lot of the, the disciplines and, and qualities that that allow you to you know be a successful NFL quarterback those carry so directly into business. Those common themes are all over the place. But specific to this last year, you know we uh, uh, you know when you're playing ball, uh, you really don't find out what kind of team you have until things go sideways, you know, until you're behind mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, until you lose a couple games in a row. And how does your team respond to adversity? 
um, you know, cause ultimately no matter what it is in life, business, sports, whatever it is, you're going to have adversity. Um, and, uh, our team this last year, they just rocked it. Um, you know, no complaints showed up, you know, uh, had to repurpose their time. You know, we canceled 150 ish events. Um, so we had to find other ways to, uh, to, um, keep in contact with our customers and so on. And our team just nailed it. Did a lot of, been doing a lot of virtual wine tastings, which I never smart. thought would be a thing. Oh, so it's, like, smart. it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, man. We, we send wine around all these clients all over the place. And then we go sit in front of a computer screen and drink some wine, which is for me is super convenient. Dude. It's been one of the collateral <laughs> benefits of, uh, of this, uh, this, uh, whole shutdown was just, so we've done that. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about your team just for a second. Is it, um, yeah. like if I want, like, I want a team too. I got my partner rip here. We have some, some yeah, yeah. great people here around the podcast. Um, you know, we've been best friends for 25 years. Um, do you go on Craigslist? Do you go into your network? How do you get that team? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, um, some of it happened organically going way back when, but then this last year we had a, a couple of hires. We just actually was, uh, we went and, um, went and hired a recruiter to kind of bring us, uh, bring us you know, some kind of, kind of some, um, um, vetted candidates before we, uh, before we started the interview process. But I will tell you the interesting thing for us that this is part of what we went through. We were already starting the process before we think shut down, um, thankfully, but, but, um, one of the most important things is we continue to grow because I mean, shoot, two years ago we were seven people. Now we're almost thirty. I think we're twenty-nine people. Huge. But but, it, but the, uh, the the interesting thing is 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 trying to clearly define how you maintain your culture and your as your company as you, as you grow. And so we actually uh, this last year really clearly defined and put on paper the things that we value as a company. Um, and we you know we start with a. Um, with a mission statement and then we have a, a core purpose and then we have our values that we use to make all of our decisions. And, and it really, really clarifies things for us. So, you know, just our, our core purpose as a company is to create happiness in our customers and ourselves. Um, and so when, when you start, when, so when you start with that and it's just that simple, um, you know, and, and one of our employees has to make a decision about taking care of something for one of our customers, they don't really have to think about it very hard because if it's right for the customer, makes them happy and, it, and therefore creates happiness for us, the decision's already made. So it uh, that, that makes things really, really easy. Amazing. You sound like a Silicon Valley CEO, Drew. You, you guys have figured <laughs> it out there. Hey, bring us home uh, before Rip does our quick hitters with the brand. Um, tell our listeners um, about it, where they can find it, and um, what's coming. What's coming up in the uh, spring and summer? Yeah, right on, right on. So the, the we have three wineries. Um, they're all under the Bledsoe Wine Estates uh, uh, umbrella. Um, simplest way right now, if somebody wanted to jump on, you go to BledsoeFamilyWinery.com. Uh, there's a live shopping page. You can jump in there. We've got a really cool wine club where you get automatic shipments every year, and then we also do some one-offs, uh, some kind of fun projects. Uh, and that's a really cool way to get started with it is just to jump on Bledsoe Family Winery and, and uh, uh, take a look, see what you like. But across the, board, across the board, Josh and our team from, you know, we've got our own farming company. So from the dirt all the way through the glass, these guys take their job really, really seriously. And so we can we can uh, we truly believe in everything that uh, that hits the uh, that hits the market. Otherwise, we don't put it out. Otherwise, we just we, if we sell that juice to somebody else and don't put our name on it. Smart. Is there a vintage in particular, Drew, that we should keep our eyes open for? And does the um, does the wine club ship um, 
domestically and internationally or just just here in the lower 48 it's 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 primarily uh primarily um just within the u.s but we do ship we've, we've actually got a cool map that we can pull up with all the places that wine gets shipped and so there's kind of some interesting ones all of a sudden you go wow somebody's buying wine in singapore that's interesting wow, uh, wow. <clears throat> so we so we but it's it's i would say it's probably <clears throat> i don't know 98 99 domestic Cool, cool. We'll put it all in the show notes, and uh, we'll make sure we put that on social, Drew. Um, so pumped, so pumped to give it a try. Right on. Just uh, one, yeah. We end every interview with a quick hitter segment where I ask you a handful of questions based around a specific theme, and, and you just give me what comes to mind first. And for this one, I'm going to stick with the wine theme because, it, it, like you said, it's what you do now. It's what you love. Uh, and just for casual winos who, who don't know everything about about the industry, uh, just a few questions with the wine theme. Does that work? Yeah, uh, perfect. Let's go. First one, loyal listener AJ in Long Beach, California, is adamant that price does not matter when it comes to a bottle of wine. He says he's had a $5 bottle of Barefoot that was better than any $100 bottle he's ever had. Uh, what's your take on that? Does, does the more expensive the bottle not necessarily always mean a better tasting wine? Is that a myth? That's complicated. Um, I, I would say from, for me, I, I'm always search. I'm always searching for that inexpensive bottle that, 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 uh, that blows my mind and they're really, really hard to find. Um, but it's also, if you like barefoot, drink barefoot, you know, um, I don't, but, 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 but uh, uh, but I will tell you if, if, if somebody really wants to drink absolutely world-class wine without having to, um, you know, mortgage the house um search out stuff from washington state um mm. you know across the board in washington um you know at every price range you're getting great value so um obviously a plug plug for my uh, for my hometown region but it's really the truth man whenever we travel if i gotta go buy something i'll go find something from the columbia valley in washington and if i can find walla walla i'll do that but every time i do that i feel like i'm getting great value for what i'm spending that's a that's a perfect segue because my next question was we're in California we have uh, the big ones Napa Sonoma and a handful of other uh, amazing regions but the Pacific Northwest is definitely less hype but like you said there's some quality stuff up there what outside the Pacific Northwest and California maybe maybe internationally what's another uh, underrated underrated wine region that you've either visited or have been privy to. Well, I mean, staying domestic, um, staying domestic, I love Paso, Paso Robles uh, mm -hmm, down there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have the same brand recognition yet that, that uh, Napa or Sonoma uh, might have. But, uh, man, some, just some killer wines down there in Paso. And then outside of that, man, I'm just, I'm, I, I, you know, without getting too obscure, I've, I've always been just kind of a, an Italian wine geek. And, um, you know, and you can go uh, in Italy, there's, Geez, there's something like 170 different varietals grown in in in, uh, in Italy, um, and if you go like uh, instead of uh, uh, drinking, you know, Brunello uh, di Montalcino, which has a bigger uh, name, um, you go uh, uh, Vino Rosso di Montalcino, and all of a sudden, so it's it's like it's so you you, you kind of take a step down and uh, find some of the more obscure varieties that are still grown in those those great regions. You can uh, you can drink great wine for less. I love it, man. I didn't know we were going to get an Italian uh, lesson today on the podcast. Yeah, I'm impressed, Drew. <laughs> Damn, you know your stuff, man. That's awesome. Uh, okay, last one. You mentioned your, your big Easter brunch yesterday, but to stick with that whining and dining theme, uh, you were only a free agent once in your career, but you signed a nice contract with Dallas, and so you didn't have many chances to be wined and dined, but what, what was the best uh, experience you had with whining and dining related to football? Did, did uh, mm. Jerry Jones and Bill Parcells take you to a nice steakhouse out there? 
<laughs> you know, uh, no, they didn't. But uh, but so when but when I uh, when I first uh, when we when we first got to Buffalo, and again, I was a free agent. I was just it was I was traded there, but they but they still felt like they kind of needed to wine and dine me, and it was pretty cool because you know when people think about Buffalo, you know, you think it's just awful, right? Well, it turns out there's actually some really cool things going on in Buffalo. And there's some great history. Uh, but my wife and I, when we showed up, we, we stayed at this, this mansion. Um, and it was like this old turn of the century, you know, place that they turned into a bed and breakfast and, um, down on the lower level, they had, you know, a really, you know, fancy restaurant. And, uh, when we got there, um, there was just one table set in the restaurant. Nobody else was there. And they just, the two of us sat in the middle of this restaurant all by ourselves. And, and, uh, actually we're, we were really blown away at the, the, quality of the food and wine that they threw out in buffalo new york i thought you could just wow. get chicken I, I thought you could get with chicken wings and beer mm-hmm. and uh and it turns out they can actually throw down if they need to romantic it, bill's mafia that's for bill's mafia out there all Absolutely. kinds of hidden gems and you know drew i i can't help but but think about you when i see today's game with all the downfield passing offenses and the emphasis on protecting quarterbacks from being hit that today's game will be tailor-made to fit your strengths if if you were 20 years younger, could you uh, could we see a 6,000 yard season out of Drew Bledsoe in 2021? Oh, easy. Oh, at least, man, at least. Easy. Come on, yeah, come on. <laughs> no, it's I, I will t- I will admit to a, a certain level of jealousy when I watch the way the games played uh, th- these days. I, they're, they're first of all they're doing the right thing because you got to protect these these mm-hmm. superstars and you got to keep people healthy otherwise the game's going to die. I mean, let's be honest, you know, nobody wants to show up in Green Bay and watch, you know, the backup quarterback. You show up in Green Bay, you want to watch Aaron Rodgers play, right? So they're they're doing the right thing, but man, yeah, I, I'm definitely jealous <laughs> of the way that they go, man. I I I, uh, I got sacked a lot of times in my career, uh, and over half of those would have, at the very least, have been a penalty. And a lot of in a lot of cases, they would have been fines. But back in the day, it was just football. So yeah, yeah. definitely definitely some level of jealousy, but it sure makes it fun to watch. A lot, a lot of people are jealous now, you Drew. I let's uh, every listeners get on the wine club. It's Bledsoe Family uh, Family Winery, right, Drew? Bledsoefamilywinery.com. Yep, absolutely. They got a wine club. I'm actually, I pulled it up here now. Winston pulled it up. I'm, it looks amazing. And the website's awesome, Drew. So, uh, right on. And anywhere else that we can find you, anything else you got going on in the, in the football world that you want to share with our listeners? No, nah, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, decided, you know, you said earlier, you're talking about just kind of simplifying life. And over the past five or six years, I've decided to just really boil it down. And I just focus on the one thing. And that allows me to uh, you know, to stay plenty busy with it, but, uh, man, there was a while there right after I retired where I was trying to do everything and, and, uh, I got too busy and, you know, and, uh, so now I've kind of distilled it down where I focus on the one thing, obviously we do other, you know, other stuff on the investment side, but that's, that's the only one that I'm directly involved in right now. Hey, we'll get it, man. You look amazing. Enjoy your Peloton workout. I'm signing up for the wine, for the, for the wine club here. Um, you gotta, right you, gotta you gotta send them to Maui though. That might be the new spot. So I might be emailing you. We will send it. We will send them to Maui, and uh, and uh, you can go splash some rosé around on the uh, on the island, man. On the island, I try uh, to get a, I try to get a little to our friend uh, Don Nelson if I can. There you go. I love it, man. I love it. Enjoy Maui, right, man. brother. Congrats to you on that. Yeah, Thanks, thank Drew. you, man. Thanks for your time, man. We really appreciate it. Right on, guys. Cheers. Take care. Ciao. And that's the gunslinger of our era. I mean, most well known probably for unfortunately. Uh, losing his job to Tom Brady when it's all said and done from an NFL standpoint overall. But I stand true to how we finished that interview. I think that he was the type of thrower that if he um, played in today's offense with these receivers and these rules nowadays, uh, he, would, he, would, he would be a top guy.
for yeah, sure. That's what I wanted. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Is man, the, today's game is really tailor made to his strengths. How I mean, just a big guy back in the pocket with with a rocket arm. I mean, he he could do some damage in today's game. Yeah, great guest. Another example though of uh, shifting gears. Rip's got a guest too, like Eddie George, like a lot of these guys who have these doing these awesome kind of second careers that we can also be a part of and support. So rather than a ticket, you can join the wine club. You can buy a bottle of wine uh, just to check it out. And uh, go to the website. So we'll put it all in the show notes. Speaking of big time winners and champions, what's the results, Rip, of our one star, bra- our first annual one star NCAA bracket challenge? Yeah, our guy Paul O'Brien with Paul's phenomenal bracket. POB. POB, big, uh, big fan of the pod. He, he went against the grain and picked Baylor to win it all a month ago, which uh, I don't think anyone else did. So it paid off. He ended up winning the bracket. He won a $50 PSD gift card along with a one-star prize pack that I have to get out to him. So congrats, Paul Wall. Uh, it did come it. down to the one and two. UCLA threw a, ch- threw a wrench. and I mean, a lot of wrenches throughout in the bracket, but... Uh, UCLA, nice big wrench in it, and that was a great game. Probably the best game of the tournament for the men. Well, at, I mean, after that, uh, after that, that Jalen Suggs game winner, it, it was going one of two ways for Gonzaga. They were either going to get blown out like they did, or or they were just destined. And the uh, Baylor mm. just took it to them, and they did. Yeah, it's like a men against boys situation for me. I was watching, and I think it's just, a lot of those guys look like look NBA ready on Baylor, like body wise versus Timmy. You know, yeah, you could just notice the the athleticism mismatch right there. And I'm looking at a mock draft right now from from NBADraft.net, which is one of the best in the game at this. I don't even see there, there's a guy uh, Davion Mitchell from Baylor is projected in the mid first round, but yeah, the Rockets will get him. None of those other Baylor guys are even on here. No, no, they got one of those. Yeah, those. It's kind of like the three point guard, so nobody stands out that much. Who are you gonna? Uh, you like uh, Cunningham or Suggs? Man, that's a hard one because we saw more Suggs, obviously, because Cade went out early. But uh, I think Cunningham is, is the number one pick. Uh, he, the way he carried that Oklahoma State team, and he just kind of sticks out a little bit more because you kind of saw some of the weaknesses in Suggs' games against going against those top athletes on mm-hmm. Baylor. Um, and, I mean, I know he was a, a four-star quarterback in football, too, so he's one of those mm-hmm. guys who can do everything. But Good yeah, defense, think, too, but the tournament has tricked us before, right? Jimmer Fredette and – yeah, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think it's one of those situations. Like, he's going to have a good NBA he's career. Have good, yeah, but, like, okay. when you talk about superstar potential, I think Cunningham's got a little bit more of it. Yeah. And the kid from USC should be good. You know, we'll see. We'll get down to that. There's 20 games left, I think, in the NBA season before we start this this single-game playoff. Um, Alonzo Ball's picking up. I'd love to get his pops on rip. I know we were, go- we were trying trying before. I don't know if uh, he's available. I heard him chirping again about... Uh, getting the three brothers uh, on Charlotte next year. He's still trying to put it together for a championship team. But I love how Lonzo's been playing. I know Coach Casey Hill's working a lot with him in New, in New Orleans right now. Yeah, he hit eight threes the other night, career high. Yeah, but boys on fire. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Stanford and championship on the women's side. It was just as exciting. I mean, the championship men's game was trash. That was a hot garb. Right. The women's game was amazing. Yeah. Um, and I had a personal connection that I actually got to put together during the game. The star of Stanford, Haley Jones. Do you have a chance to c- catch her game? Yeah, a little bit. She's a really unique player. She's kind of like this, this it's say like a Magic Johnson type player of the women's game because she can play all five positions. Uh, long story short, I worked with her parents, uh, Monique and Patrick Jones, great basketball community members in the city of Santa Cruz. 
And, uh, you know, the shot at the end when they show, like, the fans. Yeah. That was my moment of, like, oh, shit. No way. I That's remember cool. doing some projects with them. She grew up there in Santa she Cruz? She grew up in Santa Cruz. I think she transferred to Archbishop Midi. Am I saying that right? Yeah, San Jose. Big basketball San Jose program. Um, but I think she did Santa Cruz High School for a couple years. And when I was in Santa Cruz, I think it was middle school, but her name was rumbling around. I, I had no idea this was her. Yeah. Wow, playing cool. like this, doing this. So congratulations. Huge congratulations to Patrick and Monique. Um, are you just really nice? It's funny to be so close to, I mean, that's the goal of the athlete parent. Yeah. Or, yeah. or how do you say it? You know, the Earl Wood situation. Uh, and I got to see that be accomplished. So I think that's pretty cool. So is she, is she a WNBA prospect? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think she's, I might be a generational player. Wow. Possibly we'll to get her on the pod and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we might cool. try to be able to connect some of those dots. So, uh, congratulations on everybody in the tournament. It was a good tournament. It was good. Yeah. I get felt Charles Barkley said it was great. It felt good and for me too, especially early. Um it was just a lot of fun. I think it's we got it taken away for a year and like a lot of things that are going to happen in this pandemic as they come back. Coming over to your house for Easter was like amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you still do you still do things safe and I think they did that throughout the tournament. There was only that one game canceled early with uh VCU, but yeah, just seeing things get back to normal a little bit is, is just a good feeling, man. So let's hope that we can continue down this path and uh, get get some more sense of normalcy back in our lives. Yeah. what I just got a uh, – you how's your Buck Showalter situation going with your uh, Little League team? Oh, man, it's it's going well. We had our second practice last week, but it was a little well, chaotic. Confirm again for me your position, because I don't see you as, as head manager. I'm the head manager of the of the Long Beach Hot Rods. First game, April 19th. So you're scheduling other dads. Who brings the snacks? All under your... Yeah, so we have a team parent that handles all that. Uh, you got a spreadsheet nice. going. Nice, okay. Which, uh, yeah, we, we, we got So a, have you doled out positions? That's already happened. No, but I probably should do that in the next couple of weeks. What's the game plan? Do you actually try to place your talent at the right positions? Or at this point, is it everybody tries everything? Right now, I'm just trying to teach uh, some fundamentals. Because like, in T-ball, you're not keeping score. You're not really recording. Holy no shit. One's getting I can't out. believe you're the main guy. Can you do the one-handed bat? Uh, Where you throw the ball with one hand and hit it with your... Type. I can do that. I can do that. But that's I, an I, important I one. I played baseball for like 15 years. Did man. you? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't very good. But you I need to put a little, let's get a little Instagram story going of you out there doing your your managing skills, man. It's a, it's a it's a hat that I I'm having a hard time picture. But I could, do you have the outfit? You have the like the softball coat shorts? And no, no, I'm cleats? not doing any of that, man. <laughs> what you see me in today is what uh, <laughs> what I'm wearing out there. No, it's not. But we we do have uniforms coming. Off, so I have a hat, uh, and, and the kids have uniforms with their last names on it. So it's all fun, man. It's really about introducing these kids to the sport. Because because they're four to six year olds, and it's most of them their first experience with baseball. So, and for our son, it's like we don't know if he's going to like it, but we want to get him out there and, and kind of test the, the waters. What's the early results? You feeling it? No, no, yeah. So that's the story. Is uh, last Friday when we had practice, he he, he <laughs> he's still adjusting a little <laughs> bit. So we, we had practice it's at a adjusting. park at a park in Long Beach, and sure enough, in the middle of practice, an ice cream truck rolls into the parking lot. Oh, tough Music blaring. Yeah, uh, it's a fair it basically distraction. Basically practice, and, and especially with my son. Oh, you got to talk to the ice cream driver about that. That's a tough one. To, to, I'm sure he saw, like, That would get 20. a lot of adults. That would probably get your your adult team. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure he saw a lot of kids. He's like, oh, this is a moneymaker right here. But we're literally in the middle of practice. These kids are hitting. My son sees the truck. Stops everything, drops his glove, runs over there, and I, and then my wife's trying to chase him. No, no, we're in practice right now. He just loses it. Has full on tantrum. My poor wife. She's got some learning kid, lesson. My wife's got one kid, my two year old, with no pants on because he's potty training. He's got a little potty there, 
And then my other son, the four-year-old, is having a full meltdown over the ice cream truck. I'm trying to run a practice. So it's pure chaos, man. What it, are you? You're chewing seeds in the dugout? No, I'm not doing it. I'm just te- trying to throw you're these kids there. ground balls. I, uh, yeah. I joke. It's So, yeah, that ice cream driver, that's the t- that's you hard to battle that one. It's like may, maybe you get them in a circle and we got to talk to them about life comes Lots of uh, bright lights and uh, well, fancy things. You got to stay focused, baby. Yeah, it's, you can't you can't have the ice cream truck every time you see it. You know, it's only <laughs> special occasions versus in the middle. I mean, I picture this kid in, in the in the working world in the middle of a meeting, and he sees somebody once. Yeah, bolts out of the meeting, that was yours leading the way. Your guy leading the way yeah, on the rush. Yeah, it was rush. really ours, and my poor wife had to had to deal with it because uh, there's two kids, and I'm trying to run the practice. So she's you know all the other parents. How was the speed when running towards the truck? Is it at least quick? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. kind of a stagger because he didn't want to go into the into the parking lot. Yeah, thinking about it, safety. but I, I I know a little bit about about your youngest, about your oldest, and I think that he will once he uh, once he gets in the groove of 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 the baseball thing. I think he'll like it. Well, so that's what we're yeah we're trying to we're only a couple weeks in, but we're trying to find out if he's going to like it. But right now, the ice cream truck is still winning out on that one. So it is what ice it cream is. is greater than baseball uh, so far. Yes, man. Gosh, it's a. Uh, yeah, the manager life. I'm trying to think of something that we can keep you accountable in so our listeners can stay updated on it, but all I can think is social media. So, uh, listeners, if uh, you have anything, hit us up on Twitter that you'd like to see Richie do. Perhaps a play call. Perhaps you're, you're the first one to try to do a, uh, what's it called when you bunt? Su- suicide squeeze. Suicide and, squeeze. And T-ball. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if you can bunt off a T. I don't know if that's allowed. I think you have to <laughs> swing. <laughs> we, we try to innovate here. We'll, we'll try it. You got to try new shit, man. And this, that's, what the, uh, that's what the pods get about. So... Um, thank you for everybody last week. We've been working with other podcasts uh, recently, just uh, communicating about guests and opportunities. So we're going to start to do some more collabs in the future. Uh, we got some dream guests. An important thing that we're asking everybody now is who would be your dream guest? Uh, a guy who does a lot of our graphic work and helps us out. Um, Mr. Mimum, uh, huge Paul Pierce fan. Yeah. One guy that's been on his list for a long time. He's just got some personal reasons back to Boston why he loves uh, Paul. We love Paul because he's an L.A. guy. I love Paul because he's smoking blunts and having uh, just a good old time. He's unfiltered, yeah. He's an unfiltered human being. He's living his best life. Um, And I just want to uh, say I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with the quarantine wrapping up. I think spring and Easter and even just getting out to Long Beach Rip opened up a feeling our boy Nick B uh, went out to the lake. He got out on the pontoon boat, you know. And I think we're just having these feelings of of opening up again that feel really nice as a human being. And I feel just honored to be a part of it. I feel really great that we're back in the Gibraltar studio, brother. So, um, man, yeah, it feels. I hope good, our listeners right? feel the same way about you know just kind of life starting. To, the light at the end of the tunnel is here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you see, keep seeing you know bad news out there about, about stuff coming back, but let's keep getting vaccinated and, and uh, keep looking out for each other, and we'll we'll get that light, like you said. Yeah, keep celebrating all your all the little wins along the way, and we're gonna have some news that we'll continue to share with you. I, I said it last episode. What is it? It's what is it? Mid April? Uh, yeah. Mid- Everybody do your taxes. I'm thinking probably May 1st, Rip, or early May. I'll have a big announcement. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. So stay tuned. 
Is yeah. it a Paul? I have a big announcement. Paul Pierce made two hundred million dollars in his career, so I think he's just fine after a. Oh uh, yeah, I read that his contract too with like a two year deal for like one point five. So that's just pennies for for Paul yeah, Pierce. Yeah. He's already working on something with a uh, barstool, and he's got something going with. Yeah, Dion. he'll be he'll be fine. So he's a good personality. I see him doing something more along the lines of the Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes genre of uh, storytelling in the future, but. I would love to have him on the pod. He's an L.A. guy, so stay tuned. The five stars have been amazing. Um, and just like I said with the collabs, if anybody has any other podcasts that they're listening to that could use an athlete or uh, would like to, for some odd, strange reason, have Ripper Eye on their podcast, um, we're very open, and we would love to meet other people and kick it and do this podcasting thing. Uh, what's your record of the week, Rip? My wreck of the week is actually related to podcasting. It's, uh, you know, we use GarageBand to record every once in a while, and I was using GarageBand to edit for about the first four months of this pod, but I switched over to Audacity because I have a, a Windows computer, and actually, that's my wreck of the week is, is using Audacity to edit podcasts. I do like, it's, it's uh, more user-friendly to me. The features have, have turned out to be much better than, than Can GarageBand. I make a live request on the pod? And yeah. you can edit this out if you want. What's up? Um... Can we try the intro music when we start talking that the intro music plays into our and then goes like goes down as we start talking? Is that possible on Audacity? I believe so. Yeah, I believe we can do that. Let's see if we can do it. Okay. It's been a small dream of mine and it's a small goals in, in our podcasting. And you've done such an amazing job on it. But I love I like I heard about Audacity, too, from Jail uh, One, who makes a lot of our beats and does a lot of DJ type, type stuff. I've heard it. Yeah, just no, great. I mean, I know a lot of musicians use both GarageBand and Audacity, but I found it to be just uh, slightly better than GarageBand for editing pods uh, as far as, especially when you have the, the limited skill set that I do yeah. as, as an amateur. So Audacity, that's my record of the week. There's a record of the week, what man. You got? You're doing a great job. And your record of the week last week got glowing reviews. Our, our sponsor, Nick B, and another... Uh, I'm not going to drop names, but I got two responses of the socks with the days of the week. I just bought another pair, and Target was. I went to look for some because my my son lost some of his, and Target was sold out. So maybe my uh my one star bump sold Target out a day of the week. So we need to, maybe that's our maybe <laughs> it was a good wreck. I make so it's a great damn idea. That's why this podcast is here. That's why we do wreck of the week stuff like that. So this one my wife's gonna love because I was making fun of her. But it actually is great, and I don't have it here. It's in. It's not in the studio. It's at the house. But it's just probably a problem. You've seen it all over the internet. It's a little bit obnoxious. I'm not sure how long of a life this particular product has. Um, but it is the two liter water bottle that has all the times you should be and the motivational. For example, uh, you know, 7 a.m. Like get up, drink your water, start your day. Ooh. 9 a.m. Keep going, and it's like those two liters is a shitload. That's a lot. Uh, and it gets to seven eight night. Come on, keep going. Um, and I got to give my wife some love because she's been really, really, really good. I'm gonna make a fun of her because it's funny to see her walk in a room and even try to take her seriously carrying around a two liter oh, jug. But it's getting hot out. Is it trying to mo- motivate you to just drink water? It's trying just... to motivate you to drink water. Okay. And that's about the amount for I think a full grown adult, especially people trying to do cleanses or getting their their body right or just getting their quarantine like i don't even know the water helps fluff that shit out of you so um it's not a particular brand but you'll see it let's look up two liter motivational water bottle (laughs) and uh and drink your water and get a damn water bottle i i saw that uh oh it's a good store but they stopped serving uh reusable water bottles man it's crazy the plastic water bottles 
Wow, that's good progress. Probably can edit that one out because I don't remember the name either. <laughs> but it's it's all about in the name of uh, water and sustainability, and that's what I'm all about. On this podcast, we're all about great guests, bringing you five-star guests, getting all rips, crazy uh, life stories. But um, I'm excited, like I said, in the next two weeks for really it's going to be the kind of the beginning of season three of this podcast. Uh, so we'll keep you all posted. Shout out to Zane on the graphics. Special thank you to Drew Bledsoe, uh, Bledsoe Family Wineries. What else we got, Rip? I think you covered it, man. Shout out to Paul O'Brien again for winning the one-star bracket yeah. challenge. We'll keep uh, throwing those at you anytime we have something going on here. Yeah, hell yeah, we'll keep it going. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Five stars. Um, if anybody you think would like this particular podcast, send it their way. And have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.